Sometimes going to the grocery store can be chaotic. There doesn't seem to be enough time to check the list, make sure everything is there, search for the best prices, and take the time to make sure you get the best quality meat. So let ButcherBox help you out. Giving you peace of mind, ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust straight to your door. No grocery carts required. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones, 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free, what more can you ask for? What about free shipping, customized box plans, exclusive member deals, recipe inspirations, tips, and tricks? You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Hey guys, I have a podcast that I think you'll really enjoy. Proof, the investigative true crime podcast co-hosted by Susan Simpson of Undisclosed and Jacinda Davis of Evil Lives Here is releasing its highly anticipated second season where they investigate the murder of 18-year-old Renee Ramos. The first season, which if you haven't listened to yet, you totally should, saw the release of two Georgia men serving life sentences for murdering their friend, Brian Bowling. And thanks to evidence unearthed by proof, on December 8th, 2022, both Daryl Lee Clark and Kane Joshua Story were finally freed after 25 years behind bars. With that same investigative drive, Susan and Jacinda are on the case again, and this time, they are on the streets of Manteca, California, to find out who really killed Renee Ramos. In proof, murder at the warehouse, you hear how, on June 5th, 2000, Renee's body was found buried beneath a pile of debris inside a new Home Depot building. And how, despite tips hinting at alternate suspects, her boyfriend, 18-year-old Jake Silva, and 33-year-old Ty Lopez were arrested and convicted of her murder. Fans of true crime and investigative series won't want to miss this riveting new season. Follow the case as Susan and Jacinda uncover long-overlooked evidence about what really happened to Renee, by listening to Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is sponsored by Fire Bee Honey. If you are looking for something unique and absolutely delicious, then look no further because I am about to tell you about my latest obsession, Fire Bee Honey. Fire Bee Honey is honey with a kick and the perfect ratio of sweet and heat. This honey is handcrafted in small badges to transform the flavor of raw honey without compromising its amazing health benefits, which is what makes it stand out from traditional hot sauces. They use the perfect blend of flavors so even non-spicy lovers can enjoy. We use honey a ton in our house, but wanted to spice things up with a little more flavor. And let me tell you, this stuff is a game changer for sure. My son and I are big chicken nugget people and honey is our go-to dipping sauce. But recently we switched up our traditional honey for fire bee honey. And let me tell you, I may never go back. Not only is it delicious, but there are no added sugars or nasty preservatives. So I feel really good about feeding it to my family. And if a kick isn't your thing, fire Fire Bee has flavors like cinnamon, vanilla, elderberry, and chocolate that would be perfect for baking or a fancy cup of tea and other items like spicy honey beef jerky and spicy honey barbecue sauce, 
which my husband promptly took and made the most amazing pulled pork sandwiches with. So if you are ready to spice up your meals and enjoy some flavor while still reaping the benefits of raw honey, then Fire Bee is the place for you. Get 15% off your purchase when you order two or more bottles by using the link www.firebeehoney.com slash morning cup of murder. That's www.firebehoney.com slash morning cup of murder for 15% off the purchase of two or more bottles of Fire Bee Honey. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning cup of murder. Some will go to great lengths to get away with murder. On March 21st, 2012, a woman lost her life at the hands of a man who was willing to incite fears of hate crime to throw suspicion off himself. So if you like your coffee hot, but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Shema Alawadi and her family fled Iraq after the Shiite uprising and settled in Detroit, Michigan for a few years before moving to San Diego in 1996. Shema took the new opportunities the move afforded her and graduated high school, married, became a devoted housewife, and had five children, took care of the home, and volunteered at her local mosque while her brother and husband worked for the U.S. Army as a cultural advisor training soldiers who were about to deploy to the Middle East. She was described as a nice woman who rose above her family's traumatic beginnings and made the American dream for herself, which is what made the events of March 21st, 2012, all that more devastating. On that morning, while her husband took the younger children to school and she was chatting with someone from Iraq online, someone entered her home and Shema was brutally beaten to death in her El Cajon, California home. Her 17-year-old daughter, Fatima, was the one who found her bloody body lying on their dining room floor with a note lying next to her saying, go back to your country, you terrorist. And the sliding glass door nearby was smashed into bits. Now, this wasn't the first nefarious letter sent to the Alawadi home. Another was sent a week before the attack. So when the police were called, the case was dubbed a devastating hate crime. A hate crime that... Once the 32-year-old's family took her off life support on March 24th, turned into a full-blown murder investigation. While Shema's body was being flown back to Iraq for burial, police began focusing on some of the stranger details of the case. Like when her husband, Kasim Al-Hamidi, asked relatives what would happen if, while in her coma, Shema awoke and accused him of beating her. He also asked the doctors if they could transplant her brain to save her, and when she was taken off life support, begged for forgiveness. Some of these things were seen as a simple cultural difference, but others were seen as signs of guilt. There was also the matter of where he was when his wife was brutally attacked. He claimed to be driving around, having dropped off the kids at school, but a video reportedly showed an identical van to the one he drove parked near the home around the time of the attack, as well as a figure in dark clothing going to and from the van. Not just that, but records were leaked to the press that showed a less-than-perfect picture of their marriage. According to these records, Shema was considering leaving and divorcing her husband, an act that was relatively unheard of in their culture, and would absolutely anger Kasim if he caught wind of the plan. But Fatima, who happened upon her mother's body, swore she saw a white man flee the scene, though she could never identify the suspect in a lineup. 
and Fatima herself had some convinced of her guilt, despite placing the 911 call that brought her mother to the hospital. Not only was she home at the time of the attack, but she had repeatedly run away from the house and once jumped from a moving vehicle to escape her mother, who, along with her father, had arranged her marriage with a Muslim man and disapproved of her involvement with a Christian man. So who was responsible? Was Shema, a modest Muslim woman who wore a traditional hijab, really the victim of a vicious hate crime? Or was the killer much closer to home and simply using the underlying issue of racism to their advantage? A phone call in November of 2012 seemed to clear things up when Fatima called police and told the officer he did it. 48-year-old Kasim Alahamidi was arrested on November 8, 2012, about seven months after his wife's murder, and remained in prison while awaiting his trial, which did not begin until 2014. When it did, the prosecution argued that Kasim likely beat Shema over the head with a tire iron after finding out she was going to leave him and move to Texas with his children. That he used the high racial tensions that were left over from Trayvon Martin's murder, which happened less than a month before, to cover his tracks and make the murder look like a hate crime committed by a stranger. The defense, however, pointed out that there was no history of violence in the family. Not only that, but they questioned why a father who knew his daughter was homesick from school would use that day of all days to brutally murder his wife. That it would be more beneficial if he waited until she was back in school to avoid having a potential witness to his crime. In April of 2014, Kasim Alahamidi was found guilty of first-degree murder and, the following month, was sentenced to 26 years to life in prison. As the verdict was read, Kasim prayed in Arabic, professing that he was not the killer and was innocent of the crime for which he was being charged, even yelling out that he would prefer to be sentenced to death so he could donate his organs, while his oldest son, convinced of his father's innocence, stood up and shouted profanities at the judge. Fatima, who did not attend the sentencing, took custody of her younger siblings and remained in El Cajon, saying the trial and what her father did has scarred her for life. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on March 22nd. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.